I was scared for my family. I was scared for my business. Specifically, I was scared for the employees. But I also felt a sense of responsibility for all of those people. So the first thing we did was we began to hyper-communicate. I'm Aaron Levy, and I have this vision of a workplace where your manager doesn't suck, where your manager is your coach, helping you to reach your full potential at work. I founded Raise the Bar, wrote Open, Honest, and Direct, and started this podcast to help companies transform their workplace into a place where both the company and employee succeeds. In this podcast, I get to interview leaders who've built high-performing teams and learn from them what it takes to unlock a team's potential. Today, I'm lucky to have an extremely special guest, a serial entrepreneur, former doctor of the Blackhawks, an MBA, a Cranes 40 under 40 honoree, a personal mentor, a friend, and my brother, Dr. Ari Levy. Ari has been laser focused on working to fix a broken healthcare system. And now in his second business, Shift, he's made strides in developing a model for just that. In today's episode, Ari talks to us about the Shift model and how he's been able to grow his business and team despite the pandemic. Well, this is a fun, unique experience getting to interview my own brother for this podcast today. I've been excited to to have this conversation with you for a bit. And I think the place I'd love to start is just to hear a little bit about kind of the shift model, how it's different and a little bit about what it is so that people listening can get a sense uh, as we go deeper into the conversation. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Um, Super surreal to be a brother's podcast, you know, having a, a life moment right now. You know, what is shift? It's a facility right now. It's a location, but it's a little bit more than that. It's a facility where we integrate health, fitness, and the medical field together. So what I think about when we talk about shift is, you know, today, healthcare, we really define it as sick care. It's a reactive system that's very complicated and very transactional. You have a problem, they find a solution. And what we're faced with today is information overload. Uh, There's no shortage of sources of information at your fingertips. And for us, we think it creates a trust problem. It leads to poor decision-making and really inadequate guidance. So what SHIFT does is we sit at that intersection between health and fitness and wellness and the medical sick care arena. And what we do is we take care of people. So we are a group of people, doctors, trainers, nurses, dietitians, physical therapists, massage, recovery experts, whose sole job is to take care of you, understand who you are, where you're at, and make sure that you have the right resources to do the work, as we say, to go about building health in a meaningful and a measurable way. Meaningful so you feel better and measurable so that we have the data to support. Kind of like the positive psychology mindset, which is not just looking at what's broken and fixing it, but also looking at what's working and how to make it keep working. For sure. You know, we talk about it almost often from an organizational design standpoint where you're, we effectively become your executive vice president of health if you're the CEO of your life and we help bring and coordinate and aggregate all the resources that you need and we're your caregivers, we're your primary care team. So knowing what shift is, right? Not pretending like I don't, I was there yesterday getting some treatment and some help and understanding that it's a very in-person, very connected and you focus, but the, I think the key word there is in-person type of business when COVID shut down you were somehow able to manage the business and grow it. And my curiosity and something that 
you know, we've talked a lot about COVID. We've talked a lot about the last year. We spent a lot of time talking about growing our businesses, but what we have, what I haven't talked about is like, how were you able to not only keep your team in place, but, but grow the business when your value proposition is on site? You know, it's really impossible to connect the dots looking forward. We always do it looking back. So, you know, I will try and make sense of it. I'll also just kind of tell you how I reacted to the pandemic. First and foremost, like everybody else, I was scared. I was scared for my family. I was scared for my business. Specifically, I was scared for the employees. But I also felt a sense of responsibility for all of those people. Specifically, it's our job to understand this. So the first thing we did was we began to hyper-communicate. And you know, I chuckle about that because I probably am a hyper-communicator in general. But what we did was we made sure that we were super transparent, transparent with our employees, transparent with our members and with one another to talk about where we were at and what we were trying to figure out. And specifically, that meant lots of connecting back and forth with one another. You know, we we just marched as a team forward. We talked about what we were going to do and what we weren't. We told our employees or our staff we weren't sure, you know, if we were going to have to let people go, but we would let them know. We started with a weekly email. We held some informal meetings about what we could do, what were the opportunities, what were people seeing and sensing out there in the marketplace. And that's what we did as an organization uh, internally. The other thing that we did was we made sure we understood the pandemic and what was happening. So amidst all of this, lines of communication that typically would take time to connect to various organizational leads from the medical side of things, we saw an ability to communicate across the globe with amazing fluidity. We were able to talk to people in China. We were able to talk to people at HHS and in major organizations um, around the city and make sure we were all sharing information. So it was a great amount of information transfer to figure out what was signal versus what was noise. In those weeks where your employees and your team of nurses, of PTs, of massage therapists, of dietitians, how are they staying focused and engaged? And right, tell me a little bit about that hyper communication, that transparency, and what what do you even mean by well, that? I mean, so if we want to peel the layers back, it was one of those times where Alicia, my wife, my better half was worried about me because I was working a ton of hours. I was talking to employees. We were working on messaging. We were talking to our members and it was checking in with all these people. And oh, by the way, the customer, the corporations we serve as well were reaching out to us. So there was a lot of community. And a lot of the communication was simply, hey, we don't know. Hey, here's what we're seeing. And here's who I'm talking to. Here's what's coming up next. Let's go through that cycle, right? It's an iterative, constant cycle so that we were making sure first and foremost, everybody was safe. We were open. We were, you know, we're a medical practice. So it was a medically necessitated business. Certain things that we did were we um, broke up our workforce into different groups that worked on different days. So in the event that anybody did get exposed or have COVID, our operations would continue to run. So we had different shifts, if you will. So that's how people were working. And, you know, the months of March and April were like everybody else, even though we were open, you know, we did very little in-person business. We did do some, but, but very little. It sounds like, you know, as you said, putting the pieces together from the, the view I have of it right now is it's 
almost a little bit of a process you put in place, whether knowingly or unknowingly with the right, like honest, open, hyper communication, right? That was super transparent, but also like listening and exploring, not only to your team and to your clients, but also to the market and to the medical space and the movings that were going on with the world because things were moving so fast. And then I think the third thing that you said was we made everyone feel a part of the process. I think by communicating that they felt like they were a part of it. And so those are three awesome steps and things that anybody can learn in any type of crisis is speak up, share a lot, be honest, listen, and make others a part of it with you. Yeah. And I'm sure there are plenty of times where we over-communicated you know, and I, I think that you can over communicate uh, when your mind isn't right and you haven't fully thought through stuff. But for us, being able to have partnership, you know, we have a great clinical team who's able to deliver care and connect with members and help set up processes, having an amazing operator and operations team where, you know, I was able to go out into the world, if you will, and connect with people to see what was happening, what they were talking about, what was the city of Chicago doing, what were the major academic institutions doing, where were we getting testing from, what were the pathways going to be, and then bring that back to the organization. All the while, the organization itself was trying to make sure that we were taking care of members, understanding where they were at finding new and iterative ways to help our corporations uh, and our individuals. So all of that, like all of what you described was like maintaining and like staying afloat during this, you know, March and April and, and the early parts of COVID. And yet what I know is that you actually grew the business and you primed the business for growth in 2021 and 2022. So how did you transition from like the maintain and like just survive to actually, this is an opportunity for us to grow. During this time, a lot of our, the organizations we serve started asking us questions. We became a central voice for them it, it, within the boardroom, amongst leaders, because when you have a trusted relationship with a clinical team, you lean on that at this time. That's what we saw. And so what we ended up seeing were that there were a number of opportunities to help organizations understand how to create safe work environments, how to create the right practices, how to understand testing, how to make sense of all of this. So first and foremost, we just tried to make understanding what was going on very simple, right? Talk about COVID, make it very real, break it down, how to think about, you know, infection fatality rate, understanding the virus itself and the mechanisms, what to do, who to reach out to. So providing useful, relevant information at the time. And then, you know, a couple of different opportunities presented themselves, particularly around testing, where, you know, we as an organization knew that, you know, with shelter in place and all of the remote working or working from home, people weren't coming in at the same frequency. And so those were opportunities we took. And you were, it sounds like you were quickly able to get the, you know, the team operating in a different way and, and showing up in a different way. Cause testing is very different than some of the other work that yeah. you do on a daily basis. Yeah. I really think, you know, the, the credit goes to my operator, right? The credit goes to Mark and the clinical team that was able to, you know, I presented the opportunity when I see it, um, I pressed on the opportunity and they saw it as well. And, you know, it was a complete pivot, right? It's not a core piece of our business. It was, as we would say, we, we believe testing was a quick race to the bottom. We think that testing is absolutely necessary, extremely valuable. 
And it's not part of our business that we seek as a revenue generating activity for the future. It's, it's not how we seek to build our business. And in the meantime, it was something that we could do and deliver well. And out of it, you know, we, we had a bunch of demand from a number of our organizations in state and out of state, as well as the individuals we serve in the Chicagoland area. What are the insights that you're taking from that experience and from the last year? And how are you kind of playing that forward into 2021, 2022? You know, moments matter. I think sometimes you just have to capitalize on certain moments and it was what was in front of us. It's what we needed to do. It was very clear. And I think that one of the things that I take away from it, it it doesn't uh, force us to deviate what our strategic objectives are, what we're going after. It's just, it was, I mean, it was a moment in time, right? We lived through a pandemic that affected the world affected our country and, you know, it was, it was about presence. Be here now. You know, all of this hokey stuff sort of really matters and having the right support around you really matters because there is no way that I could have done this by myself um, without the support of you, my family, you know, all the folks at work. I mean, it was a very stressful time. You would think, and I know I definitely thought, and we talked about this, that the pandemic and work from home and just people's mental states, all of that combines to to push people to consider their health more now. How are you thinking about that? How is that changing your approach, if at all, as you think about future locations and expanding? Yeah, well, one of the things we've talked about is that health isn't a priority, it's the priority. And we've seen that. You know, we, see, we saw our individual membership grow by over 30% last year. And we've seen our corporate business grow by over 35% just in the first five months in terms of our total eligible, our corporate accounts have doubled. And um, what we've seen here is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so, you know, serving and serving well really matters. And so for us, what we're trying to figure out is, you know, how can we leverage the momentum we built in 2020 and capitalize on growth? And that's what we're trying to do right now. We are getting ourselves ready to go build more locations across Chicago and beyond, as well as leverage the technologies that we're working on putting in place so that we can do some of the predictive modeling to help people change. You mentioned earlier, you said at the start of the pandemic, my wife, Alicia, was worried about me. And I told you I was worried about you in a hectic working nonstop mode. And I'm wondering, how did you get yourself out of that place into what sounds like a very much calmer Ari today? And what I've noticed is a much calmer Ari, what have you done on yourself to get out of that place and show up in a different way? I think that strength is found through weakness. You've heard me say that all the time. It's written in lots of places. I have people who are my anchors in my life you being one of them, who are able to tell me when they see that I'm uh, a little bit awry. They're able to point out a a blind spot. And if the people in my life are saying that and they are my anchors, it's my job to listen to them. So, you know, thank you. It's what I tried to do. It it doesn't have an often an an immediate effect, but, you know, there's a a little bit of a delay in the uh, processing of it, but, you know, we were able to get there. And, And that's what that's all I can ask for myself. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you say that because it's what you do for patients. It's what you, you, and you as a plural, right? You as shift and your team does for other people. It provides that anchor. It's provide that blind spot awareness 
of where they're at and where they're not at. And it sounds like, and I know from personal experience that having that trusted person to point out and say, Hey, this isn't you at your best really is the driver. And it's so funny to see how it's, it's the same thing that, that you need to, right? Like the health that you provide is the health that you need. For sure. And, you know, I think it's one of those moments where looking back on all this stuff, there's a lot of self-talk that goes into all of it. How much of that work and that freneticism was valuable, how much of it was not, et cetera. And I don't know that we can make sense of all of it, but I really just want to have the right people in my life to support and love me and, and pay attention to me for when I may go astray so that they can raise the red flags, right? If they're looking at the, uh, the metrics, the dashboard of who I am and how I'm showing up and then go about doing the best that I can and then leaving it all on the table. Ari, I don't say this enough, but I'm just super grateful to have a, a role model, to have a, a brother, a mentor, someone to go for runs with and someone to uh, learn how to grow my business from in you. And uh, this podcast is just a great example of how you show up and constantly are willing to be vulnerable and learn and get better and listen. And so thank you for being you and thank you for, for sharing today. Wow. That was really kind. I'm going to hold on to that last piece and make that a little, a little voicemail I play to myself often. So thank you. Love you. Open Honest and Direct is produced by Raise the Bar, where we help organizations level up their leadership by empowering their managers with the tools, skills, and training to be better leaders of people. You can get in touch with us at raisebar.co. Thank you for listening and go put your learning into practice. 